Blog Talk Radio. There is no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? Direct the El Camino. You would have been the Jebiah. A tipping point. Good evening, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. How many people are listening tonight? I don't know, around 1,200. Uh, my name is Stephen Platinum. And I am joined, as always, for Tipping Point by the venerable and ever-honest Larry Goodman. How are you, Larry? Ever-honest as always, right? Right. But, but a, a, li- a little exhausted t- tonight, I have to say. I had to be uh, in court at 7.30 this morning. Um, which oh, kinda... Polly gotcha! Polly gotcha! Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, who knew? <laughs> I mean, you let the cat out of the bag. I had to answer, answer Polly's uh Libel suit against GWH for the for the report on Wrestle Jam Five. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm sweating bullets. Woo! As you should be sweating bullets over Paulie. We um, you know, Paulie was going to write a rebuttal to that report. Is that correct, Larry? That's what he said. I invited him to send a rebuttal to the report and to wrestling reporters in general. And he responded that, that he when he after he first indicated that he was going to contact us, have his lawyers contact us if we didn't take down the report. Then right. he said he was he was going to send in a rebuttal, but he has actually done neither. Oh, oh no! Damn you, illiteracy! Yeah, striking, <laughs> striking to the quick yet again. Well, uh, you know, I know you're you're tired. And uh, but I'm certainly I'm sure it will not manifest in the show tonight. Tonight we have a bunch of the big wigs from the Scenic City Invitational <laughs> are going to be calling in. Um, so that ought to be fascinating. A lot has been a lot has been going on with that. Um, certain wrestlers complaining that they are not in it. Wah wah wah, and all of that great wrestling nonsense. I can't wait to ask them about that. Um, Larry, you were at Shindig 4, which they're declaring is the best Shindig to date. Um, that's, and of course, I'm Southern de- Fried Championship Wrestling. Yes. Yes, and I'm declaring the same thing. I mean, I was so pleasantly surprised by this show. I, I thought it would be good, but this was really good. Um, and they, the, the venue they're using now, this Felker Gym, well, mm-hmm. I take it back. They're not using it now. They hope to use it periodically for their bigger shows. They they will not it will not be their regular venue. But it would be nice if it was because boy does it have a great feeling to it. Um the one of the liveliest a lively building and a very lively crowd and they put on a really good show with lots of variety, lots of good stuff, very few dead moments. Um I know Charles was yep. pleased and well and Todd Sexton was pleased and well they should have been. Um, because this this it was very well done. The pictures look great. Again, I 
I am just a fan of fans being packed in. I mean, not right up against the ring, because that would be stupid. Who would do that? But I'm saying, you know, where it looks full, where the crowd right. can't, it just doesn't have that disinterested, uh, lean back feel. That was, I mean, a lot of the reports from Raw last night, uh, people who were there sort of noted that people were falling asleep during the show. <laughs> people people, people were, were leaving early in droves. And and the reactions that people were and weren't getting were really out of whack compared to what showed up on television. I mean, it's it's sort of the worst kept secret that they've been muting the crowd and trying to pump and put in crowd noise when needed. But I guess last night it was glaringly obvious that apparently Roman Reigns just got a huge negative, uh, you know, very boisterous negative reaction. And uh, they did their best to sort of cut that out on television. And a number of the segments fell absolutely flat and um, they were bringing crowd noise. So we're, we're in a bad, we're in a bad way um, on Monday night raw, but it sounds like (coughs) shindig delivered the goods. Um, I I was curious about the hall of fame inductions. There were four people inducted, um, Ashley blade, Clark, AJ Steele, Rick Michaels, and why am I forgetting the fourth? And Leatherface. Um, yes. did they, they did that right at the top of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. They had everyone in the ring, the inductors and the inductees. And compared to the other in, inductions they've done, I thought this worked better. Uh, the one, mm-hmm. I think, I want to say last year's, one of them was done on the floor, which wasn't nearly as good visually, of course. Um, so that it was better for sound. It was better for visual. The inductors were well-prepared with their remarks and really did a nice job of, of explaining who these people were. If you didn't know who they were, um, it all set up very nicely. And, um, you know, it, the hall of fame, the whole hall of fame section took about 30 minutes, which was about right. Um, yeah, they, they really got it right. It was very, very nice. Very nice. And I thought, I thought sort of dovetailing Rick's induction at the end into an angle, but yeah. not in like a, not in a completely cheesy, ham-handed way. But in a way, I mean, I thought it, I, it just it read really well, at least. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I just thought that that dovetailed nicely. I'm a big fan of using things when you can, as long as you're not diminishing the moment itself. You know, they're not diminishing right. the Hall of Fame inductions. For, they're not sacrificing them for the angle, but instead they're kind of working in lockstep. No, and in fact, they they worked really well in having Drew, Drew Blood come out and try to diminish the Hall of Fame as the setup for the match. I thought that worked worked very well. You know, I've been we've been having a lot, people that I talk with uh, on Facebook. We have our little private chats and stuff, and we've been talking about is it possible to have a true heel? And I'm always of the mind that you can. It's just you, the heel has to go after things the audience actually cares about. And that's the, that's the difficult part. That's the trick. And if the hall of fame is something that audiences naturally are inclined to want to respect and have upheld to me, it's a, it's a great target for a heel. And I think it's very smart to do. Um, Unlike let's say, the women's division in WWE. How did oh, that thing it. go from being the coolest thing going to the biggest disaster 
happening outside of cruiserweights on that show. Have they not made just a mess of Bailey being in on the main roster? You know, boy, oh boy. They they ruined everything special about her. They've ruined her to the point where my child, who screamed herself hoarse at WrestleMania for Bailey, doesn't even want to watch a Bailey segment anymore. Doesn't yeah. care to watch one. How do you, how does that happen? Um, I, I it's pretty obvious how it happens. And last night, you know, they had a match with Alexa Bliss against Nia Jax, and uh, and then Mickey James. I, I mean, it was just a cluster. Who do you cheer? Boo. And then Mickey James and Dana Brooke kind of jump Alexa Bliss on the outside. And, I mean, it's just a standard beatdown thing. And one of them, like, pops Alexa Bliss, Bliss in the mouth for real. You can see the welt on her lip. I'm just thinking, it's just, it's clown shoes. <laughs> Everything's clown shoes. And, man. Oh, so here's the, here's the stat I want to hit you with real quick, yeah. Larry. So the, um, so the Memorial Day Raw. It, you know, everyone's saying, oh, my God, it's the lowest rated show of 2017. That's that's damning enough. Um, it's 19 percent lower than the Memorial Day last year. So you can't just chalk it up. I mean, it's I mean, that's catastrophically bad. But here's another one. It's the lowest rated. It, the only show that got a worse rating since the Monday Night Wars was a nitro that happened in like December 2000 near the end mm-hmm. is the only wrestling sh- three hour wrestling show that's gotten a lower rating ever. <laughs> so basically they barely beat out WCW when they were free falling at the end. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> wow. 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 Well, I guess we're going to find out how valuable they are to the uh, USA Network just because they prop up the overall ratings of the network because they're certainly, you know, I mean, I guess even with these shitty ratings, they're still regularly one of the highest rated shows in their in the demographic. On the, Something on else that's night. interesting, though, USA has lost the officially lost the title as the top getting cable station now. Yeah. So they can't yeah. even – I mean, that, that was very important to USA, right, that they're the top rated and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's a big reason that Universal came with such a big deal. Um, but, boy, God, in 2019, which sounds like it's very far away, but you and I both know the older you get, the faster time goes. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens by 2019. Hey, things just keep a going the way they're about going. Raw, hmm? About Raw last night, what did you think of um, Heyman and Samoa Joe? I I thought it was really good, and it's what passes for great nowadays. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> how, how jaded is? But it's true, is it not? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, it was very good. It was very good. It's exactly what they should do because. It sounds crazy. They're going to have to do a rush job to make Joe credible enough to go against Lesnar. Because it's amongst hardcore wrestling fans, Joe is everything, but has been well-established. The Monday Night Raw audience is not 
I mean, it's a different animal, and you have to reinvent the wheel. And, uh, boy, that, that sure got Joe out of the gate fast. And, you know, the Heyman promo and Brock Lesnar's going to be here next week and da 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 What's going to happen if that doesn't do anything? I don't know. But, yeah, I thought, I thought you know, Joe obviously choking him out looked great. Heyman is at that stage in his career where showing his ass is no big deal at all. I always love no. that. It's sort of like him and Vince McMahon. I mean, those guys are just willing to – because they know the worse I look, the better job I'm doing. Um, right. More people had, quite honestly. Um, and, yeah, it looks it looked really great. But, yeah, earth from rotating, from looking at, quote, unquote, wrestling people, talking about how I'm, like – Compared to, I don't know, Strowman flipping an ambulance and beating up brains and all of that, I mean, nah. but yeah, it, was, it worked and it was good and it didn't cost him a lot of money, which I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And one other um, waste of talent that I must note man, oh mm-hmm. man, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They're just like. Just nothing. I mean, just been laid, laid, made made into glorified comedy jobbers on there a lot of times. Yeah, jo- I mean, jobbing to the slapdash duo. I, I saw some somebody posted something that I thought was really interesting. I wanted to write past you. That since since it's obvious that Enzo and Cass are due for splitting up. Yeah. Somebody somebody wrote this thing that I thought was real. Most of the time, wrestling opinion writers they're the freaking worst, but. This guy said, I hope they don't, I hope they don't have, I, I hope they don't have like a, an angry split. I hope they don't follow the tired old pattern of one of them turns on the other and is the heel. It would be wonderful to see these two guys who are obviously really friends. If they have a segment where they just sit down and Cass goes, look, when we started, when we got into this, it was about being the champion and that's all I'm doing is I want to go for, I, I want to be the champion. And for Enzo to sort of sign off. That way you can keep the two of them face. You could still team them up whenever you want or whenever it serves, because God knows the WWE can't book anything without throwing the people in that feud in a tag thing. My God. Um, and it And it sort of keeps everybody happy that nobody wants to see a split, nobody wants to see them feud, so why force the issue right? What did you think right. about I, that? No, I agree, I agree that would be refreshing to to do something I, you know that. i was it got me thinking about the great tag teams when they would go really the you know Crockett's n w a did this better than anybody, right, where it's like the Rock and Roll Express would each get shots at Flair during the bash. Um, the Road Warriors famously each got title shots at Flair. I, I love that stuff. I really do. Um, you know, I think there's a lot more to be served. Can you imagine if they, they had Ricky turn on Roberts? Can you imagine if they had Animal turn on Hawk back then? I think it would have been... I think it maybe would have made short-term box office, but I, the damage that would have been done right. would have been long-term damage. Yeah, no, definitely not. Would worse. have been horrible, horrible. So I really hope, and because Enzo and Cass are one of the few 
truly over bright spots that they have. And I sacrificing that just for the sake of, well, you know, let them wrestle each other is really weak. And I hope that they, I hope they follow this guy's advice who wrote that. I thought that was really good. Um, well, we have our uh, Phoenix City Invitational bigwigs are yeah. on the line. We, so let's let's bring them on. Do you want to go ahead and introduce them, Larry? Yeah, yeah. We're joined now by uh, Scott Hensley and Dylan Hales, both uh, strongly associated with the Scenic City Invitational, and they're here to talk about the uh, final field that's now been announced and what we got coming up, another great show in August. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank hey. you for having us on, Larry. Yeah, sure. Hey, um, I, you know Scott Hensley and I obviously know each other, but Dylan Hale, I, we haven't we haven't really spoken before. Um, Dylan, I'm just going to go ahead and fire off the first question for you. Um, sure. I, to me, uh, first a, first a, a statement that would be obvious to anybody who knows this stuff. Uh, obviously, Scenic City has gotten big to the point where um, it's it's become sort of a destination or a goal for any number of wrestlers to be there. And obviously emotions run high as far as Adrian armor complaining that he's not part of it and all this kind of stuff is as this thing marches on year by year, it's, it's like, I think the good stuff gets better, but then there are all kinds of problems will come up of that kind of nature. Um, what is your sort of take? I mean, I, I know what kind of guy like Hensley is in general and an ace. What is your take on sort of the, the kind of trickier stuff that comes out as far as running Scenic City goes? Um, well, what I would say, first of all, is that one thing that sets uh, the Scenic City tournament apart from other comparable big name independent wrestling tournaments is you will see regional and local talent in the field. It's not yeah. PWG's Bola. It's not something like that. So it, it is, it, and it will, that it will never change. At least as long as I'm a part of it, as long as they have me to be a part of it, we will always have regional talent involved because I think that's something that distinguishes uh, our shows from the other destination events uh, all around the country. Having said that, you're always going to have people that uh, are either upset that they didn't make a field or, uh, you know, wish they knew how to get on a card. I mean, that's going to happen. That happens even on shows that don't have an identity that's as large as the, the, the SCI is fortunate to have. So that's yeah. not unusual. It's just, I think, amplified because of the fact that it has become such a big, big event. And because it's something that I think has um, projected outward from just Southeastern wrestling. I, we're very fortunate to have fans that come in from, you know, not just all over the U S but from other countries for this event. So I, I do feel like there is a feeling among some people that um, not making it on the show is an oppor- is a is like a lost opportunity uh, to uh, network or be in front of fans and maybe even other promoters because a lot of promoters come to the show as well that they wouldn't have. But I I don't it, my my thought process on that is um, there's 16 spots in the tournament. You know we do a we do a couple of extra matches when we can on, on night two. Um, and, and we try to get in the best talent and the talent that is the best fit for the show that we're trying to run. 
And um, that's going to change from year to year. And there are going to be there are really, really great wrestlers all throughout the state of Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, who unfortunately aren't on the show just because there's not enough room for them. That doesn't mean they're not great wrestlers. It just means maybe next year or the year after. I mean, this is something that's going to go keep going on because the momentum has grown. Yeah, I mean, exclusivity has its price. And, uh, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I think it's accurate. And at the same time, guess what? People don't make the cut. <laughs> and, like, to me, there's two ways to go about that. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's like an athlete in any sport or a performer that doesn't, you know, that gets booted week three on some reality competition show. It's you can you can take that as – that, well, screw it then. Or you could say, ah, you know what? That's my incentive is I'm going to get on Phoenix City next year, or and, and I'm going to do stop, something bigger. You know. And, and I would add, I would add to that, uh, Stephen, that there is like in the case of both Gary J and Kurt Stallion. I know last year that for them, um, one of their goals was to to work hard to be on this year's SCI. And um, I think both guys earn the spots that they have in this year's Phoenix City Invitational. So, you know, if you, if you work toward that, there is evidence that it will happen. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Scott, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to let Larry fire away. Um, Scott. So this, what's something that you guys learned in year one or year two that you're, you've definitely, you're definitely incorporating into this year's, I guess what I mean is, was there a mistake that was made or something that you thought wasn't as effective as it could have been? So you sort of tweaked it. What's something that you've learned in one of the first two years that you're, that you're, that you're kind of rectifying or emphasizing in the third year? Uh, first of all, Dylan gave just a phenomenal answer to that first question. I, I wish he could just answer every question, but, uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now, you, now you see why we work with him. Right. Um, so, uh, to, to answer the question though, uh, I would say we just really had to evaluate our teamwork, um, as far mm. as the venue, as far as, uh, who we were working with, as far as who handles what, um, I, I will admit from behind the scenes that there was a um, a payroll error uh, for, in the first year uh, that was it, it was a pain in the butt because uh, I had actually dealt with somebody and then once they went to Ace, then they were like, no, that price did not include hotel, it did not include night two, and so. Like and, and I document things for a living in my job, and so yeah. it was really embarrassing for me, uh, you know, going in. Um, it was uh, it was a growing pain. We got through it, and uh, we've continued to uh, just build a team uh, with the school that we're partnering with. You know, we ha we yeah. have a beautiful venue. Um, it, it's interesting going into these schools, how, uh, they're like, is this room going to be big enough and clean enough? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> like you realize that we're like, do you realize that there's a wrestling show in Tennessee where people change in a school bus? <laughs> <laughs> Larry, did you have questions? 
Yeah, and before before I hit the question, uh, I wanted to ask you guys to hang with us because we have um, QT Marshall calling in at 7.30 to just talk a little bit about the Power Factory grand opening, but I'd love for you guys to hang on while, after while we have him on the air for a few minutes. But I did want to ask, when you look at this year's show, this is for each of you, what excites you as you look at the field for this year? What in particular? I'll let Dylan go first. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, and, and I admit that I'm a little bit biased because I, I was more hands-on this year than I was last year. Where I was sort of around the peripheral uh, level of, of planning things. But um, I think top to bottom, this lineup is the best of the three lineups, and that's not a knock on either previous lineup because I think every year, uh, you know, the shows have been great. Um, from my perspective, I'm really excited to see what somebody like a Torque does. Um, who's going to be in there, you know, you know uh, arguably the biggest opportunity of his career, certainly one of the biggest opportunities of his career. Um, he's going to be wrestling in front of, you know, large crowd, people from all over the place, and, you know, also some of the top-level talent in independent wrestling, um, not just in a national level, but in an international level when you're talking about people like Matt Riddle or, or Martin Stone. Just him being, uh, you know, a guy like a Torque, um, or Matt Lynch, or people like that, how are they going to mix in with the rest of the field? That, to me, is really what interests me. I mean, I say this to, to everybody when I promote this on social media, when I talk to people um, traveling around the country, going to other shows. One of the things that I'm really proud about the, the Scenic City Invitational and just the Scenic City events in general is we put on things that I think are dream matches, but they're dream matches that only we can do. Nobody else can do Tank versus Matt Riddle. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, is a show, yeah. that, that is a match only we can do. No one else can do it. And I, I feel that there are some other similar things that we can do with some of the local and regional talent mixing with, uh, you know, some of the other uh, bigger names from around the country that you're not going to be able to see on other shows. So just the ability to, to deliver those sort of matches, that's always what I look forward to both as a fan and now as somebody more involved in the process. Awesome. Scott, what's your thoughts on what are you looking forward to this year? I just feel like everything is so much bigger this year. I feel yeah. like we've expanded our fan base so much more. I feel like we are more of a of a like a crowd pleaser show this year. And that's not to say that we, we just let the crowd completely book, but that's sort of halfway what this started out as because I was sort of, you know, half and half with ring announcing, but also just being someone in the crowd that was like a smart fan. But I, I feel like because of the addition of Dylan, I feel like we are so much more in tune with what fans will travel for. And I feel like because of that, we're actually able to um, successfully meet our goals of raising more money for the school and giving wrestlers more of a platform to be seen on. So I, I just really feel like we're, we're bigger in everything this year. I, I got to ask about Tank. So, you know, this whole thing about Tank retiring and this kind of like love tour that's been happening where he's hit, you know, Carnage Cup and the stuff they're doing with him at Anarchy. Thank God it's Anarchy again. And, you know, winding it up at Scenic. It's also huge. And 
rarely, it's so rare in pro wrestling or just in life in general, when something feels like it's being done absolutely correctly, is does that give you make you guys feel like there's pressure to ha- uh, to handle the tank stuff perfectly? That's a negative, or is it more of a case of we're honored that t- we're part of you know a major part of Tank's run last run, and um, I think it's just going to be great. Um, or like, that's what I mean is, does it, is the pressure something that you about, or do you just think it's just going to kind of handle itself? Cause tank is tank and fans clearly love him. I, for me personally, I think the, what the situation with tank is kind of, is a, it is obviously planned out. I mean, there, there, there are things that we have sort of developed and cultivated and, and it, over the course of the last year, but you know, we're, we're lucky because he is a naturally beloved figure with a lot of people. Um, and he also sort of bridges the gap between the sort of local icon hero to people in the Chattanooga or, or Georgia area for that matter. And someone who has a background wrestling and, you know, bigger independence outside of the region. Uh, for that reason, I think scenic city is the logical place for his career to come to an end. And uh, personally, I don't feel any pressure about it because I know this is something, I mean, I've talked to him about it many times. I know that this is, this weekend is something that he is very much looking forward to. Uh, It's going to be a huge event for him, both personally and professionally. And I have absolutely no doubt that, that he's going to deliver and what is in store for fans that weekend is going to be huge. I mean, uh, the whole process has been, um, I think more, organic than people realize, even though other sort of things have fallen in line and been developed yeah. somewhat. And for, and for, and for that reason, I don't worry about it because up to this point, everything is sort of followed in place. I mean, talk to me on August 1st and we'll see if I feel the same way <laughs> but, but, but for, 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 for right now. I'm not stressed about it at all. I'm just looking forward to it. Great. Yeah. I, I really feel the same way. I, I don't, I don't worry about it because Tank is a very capable person, but, you know, I just really also feel completely honored that we are able to host this, that we have a platform big enough to honor somebody, uh, and just the fact that, you know, you have a guy that wrestled Terry Gordy and Gypsy Joe and some of those yeah. guys like that, but at the same time, he's also gotten in there and hung with, like, Chip Day and Corey Hollis and guys like that. So, I mean, like, like Dylan said, he bridges a gap but he has just such that legitimacy to him that people can't dislike Tank. Uh, famously, Empire did an angle several years ago uh, where um, Tank was, was working a program with Rush, and Rush's wife jumped in the ring, and Tank was going to hit Rush, but he hit her, and people hated Tank for about, oh, 15 minutes. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's like, goodness, he hit a woman, and you're still cheering him, like, you know, he he can't get booed. He He's just so lovable. But at the same time, people see him as, you know, he's not the male model. He's not just the skinny kid or the fat guy or, you know, when he gets in the ring, he knows what he's doing and he's, he can hurt people. Uh, but, you know, he he's a professional. And I, I, looking back, I've been fortunate enough to have worked with Tank since 2007. So, you know, I, I've been there with him, you know, in the ring and behind the scenes for, you know, almost half of his career. 
And, you know, I just feel just amazingly lucky to be able to, to be able to say that. Uh, I want to touch for a second on your, the final entrant with, uh, with that choice caught me by surprise, Darby Allen. Um, could you guys speak ah, on I that love him. Love him by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the thought process on putting Darby Allen in this, including him in this tournament. We, I think everybody involved with the Scenic City process is, want original guys, guys who are distinct, yeah. guys who are going to stick stick out on some level. If if there's one criticism I have of modern independent wrestling, well, I have a lot, but if there's if there's one big one, it's that there are not enough guys who have something that makes them different from the sort of homogenized idea of what an independent professional wrestler is in 2017. And whatever you think of Darby Allen or whatever you think of tank or whatever you think of Joey Janela or whatever you think of Matt Riddle or even Martin stone. I mean, this field is filled with people who I think have distinct identities. I, I don't think it's filled with a lot of guys where you look at it and go, all right, they check off all the sort of stereotypes that you expect out of a, an indie, indie wrestler in 2017. I think Darby best exemplifies that sort of unique quality, but I actually think this is a field largely for, filled with guys like that who represent sort of a different um, aspect of what indie wrestling can be. Uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of the field in that regard. I don't think there's a lot of guys in this where you look and you see, oh, this is a guy who wrestles like that guy. I think there's a lot of variance in the field. I think that's where its strength is. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in the third year for Scenic City, at this point, is there a guy that you can bring in that's a quote-unquote draw per se? Maybe not, but there are definitely guys like Darby Allen that you can have on the card that I think gives the people that are going to be there regardless um, – a real genuine thrill of my God, I can see this guy that I've heard about, but never seen. And that's, I mean, more bang for your buck. It's exciting. It's certainly, uh, I mean, I want to see fucking Darby Allen. <laughs> you know? Again, yeah, it sort of think, moves things directionally a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's an, I think he's an exciting wrestler and I think he's different. And I think, if you're a fan who's maybe trying to, you know, work out a bracket. I mean, last night we did announce that the first round match for Darby Allen is going to be Joey Janela, which is something of an independent dream match beyond just the scope of this region. But I also feel like if you're looking at, uh, you know, Darby Allen's name on a poster or, or you're thinking about him in the context of the rest of the field, there's virtually no one in the field you wouldn't want to see him against. Like almost every match is right. compelling on the surface. And that is awesome. I mean, if you can find a guy like that, that's automatically a great addition. Yeah, I mean, that would, it's sort of the weird, like, <clears throat> Samoa Joe effect where Samoa Joe is, on, is in Raw and immediately your mind goes to, who do I want to see him against? And the answer is obviously, like, it, it would be interesting to see him wrestle just about anybody. And um, those, those kind of guys are few and far between. I think you're very smart to get a guy like Darby that fits that bill and honest and, and putting, I got to say putting tank and Matt rule, like it's so interesting and it's so, and not to mention from just a smart marquee perspective of my God, what's the, the good old fashioned 
I don't know who wins this for sure. And that is awesome too. And that's a, that's a hard rabbit to pull out of your hat nowadays. Hey, yeah, you guys I, think, could, I think part of, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish. No, finish up, please. Uh, I, I was going to say, I, I think part of the reason why or how that match came about was actually last year with uh, some of the podcasts that were done. Uh, Tank and Matt Riddle actually ended up on one of the same podcasts. And so I think they sort of felt each other out and sort of gained a mutual appreciation for each other. And so when, when Tank won our Scenic City Rumble, you know, he immediately said, you know, I want Riddle. And I, I do just think that's an, an amazing match. You know, I, he, I was saying today to somebody that uh, Tank in the same year was in King of the Death match and in the Ted Petty Invitational in the same year. He just he bridges gaps between not only like time but also yeah. like different genres. If you guys would hang with us, we're going to bring on uh, a new Georgia resident, uh, QT Marshall, to talk a little bit about the Power Factory Grand Opening Super Camp that's coming up weekend after next. Um, Mr. Marshall, welcome to the Tipping Point. Hey, how are you? Good, good. You're on with Larry Goodman and Stephen Platinum, and we also have Dylan Hales and Scott Hensley on the line. So um, I'm curious, what uh, what made you decide to come to Georgia? I have family down here and, um, you know, just venturing out. You know, I lived in Orlando for a little while. I lived in New Jersey for most of my life. Uh, we came and visited, um, you know, coming Georgia a couple times to see my family, and opportunity arose, and I figured I could come down here and open up a training facility, and that's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah, fill us in. I hear you guys talking about Matt Riddle, huh? Yeah. You do know that I had a a good hand in help training Matt Riddle. You know, Matt Riddle is obviously one of the most charismatic guys going. Did you see that with him right away, or is that something that he developed? No, absolutely. We saw it. As soon as as he came into the world-famous Monster Factory, we knew right away uh, that he was someone that – you know, we had to get out and, and get him to sign up with us as opposed to any other facility or anything like that because we just knew there was something special about him. And, you know, all we had to do was just teach him a little bit of pro wrestling and we could send him on his way to WWE, and that was the goal. And then, you know, when they told him to to go to Evolve, I mean, originally we tried to get him to come in the Ring of Honor with myself and Punisher Martinez. and uh, But WWE, you know, they told him, they'd, you know, they'd rather him – go to evolve he went to evolve and the rest is history i mean uh but yeah he always showed those kind of those signs that he was just you know he has like what would they say the it factor you know yeah absolutely um so he's just having for fun any... that, that's what it is <laughs> he's not getting punched in the face you know <laughs> um qt uh with what is the name of your the training school going to be just for people who are looking for it okay so so the brand that we have is called One Fall because that's the uh, that's the in thing right now, right? The following contest is scheduled for One Fall, and then everyone screams One Fall. And um, yeah. but the the name of the training facility is going to be the Power Factory. And the reason we went with Power Factory is Ray Lloyd Glacier, WCW legend, is a great friend of mine, and he offered to put his stamp of approval on anything that I did because I've known him for a long time now, and I trained at the world famous Monster Factory, and he trained at the power plant so we just put the two names together and we got power factory oh it's awesome it was i gotta say this is this is gonna be a real like lame thing probably but i was so happy i'm always happy when any 
training facility opens up that doesn't have some form of pain or, you know, agony or just some nonsense like that. It's just, I just think it, I just, I just love a thing that sounds professional. Um, and yeah. it does. That's actually yeah. uh, one of the guys that signed up at our place, you know, right off the street. Uh, he said, you know, I was checking out a bunch of other schools and I mean, hell, you have a logo. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, that's, that's part of running a business. And he was like, well, you know, that's one of the main reasons why I came here. I was like, well, yeah, I wish you would have done a little more homework, but okay, I'll, I'll you know, I can accept that. <laughs> Take a logo. What's that's um, it. What's, Big logo and a you banner. Know, um, you know, there's – what's something that – you've developed that you think sets you apart or, or something that you emphasize that maybe other trainers would not emphasize as much when you're training guys? Um, well, the first thing is that we, you know, my wife is a part of the school as well. She's a certified nutritionist with a bachelor's degree in nutrition science. And uh, so we offer that to the students as well, because hmm. one of my big, one of my biggest things in professional wrestling has always been my weight. It's always been an issue with myself, you know, like when I signed with Ring of Honor in 2012, I had dieted like really hardcore. And then, you know, a couple months later, I was bigger again and I was small. You know, I, I've, I've always jumped up and down and fluctuated. Um, so I, I always felt that that was something that we really need to preach to everybody is you have to kind of look the part, you know, unless you're going to be like a uh, like tank, you know, and be the biggest guy in yeah. the room. You just can't just be out of shape. So um, that was one of the things that you know, that I, I believe that sets us apart. Um, another one is, you know, attention to detail. Um, you know, a lot of guys are focused on high spots and stuff like that, which is fine. I mean, we we teach that as well. You know, I have a crash pad. We were, last night we were practicing moonsaults off the top rope. So, you know, those things we can teach as well, but I think they're really important stuff like attention to detail. And, you know, I, I've been able to sit under the learning tree through all of my experiences with between – TV with Ring of Honor, um, and then doing so much extra work with WWE under William Regal and stuff like that. Even at Impact, I've worked for them. So to really, you know, don't cater to the to the hundred people that are in the audience at that time, unless that's your goal. If your goal is to work in front of a hundred people for the rest of your life, hey, by all means. Uh, if your goal is to work in front of eighty thousand, you know, we have to teach you. A, there's a different way of working. There's a, and I don't mean spot wise. I mean selling keeping your head up, finding the camera. You know, one of the biggest things that makes everyone laugh is in Ring of Honor, I was known as the guy that always found the camera. And when people <laughs> ask, you know, like Jim Cornette used to say, like, why are you always so good at finding the camera? I said, what do you mean? Because I want to be on TV. And that's all it comes <laughs> down to. I just want my face on TV. I worked really yeah. hard to get here. I want I want people to see it. I don't want them to see the top of my head or the back of my head. So, um, you know, you worry less about the spots that you're doing. You worry more about you know, like I said, getting your face out there. So, yeah. so those, you see, you know, those are just a couple things, but go ahead. Right. I, I, I want to make sure before, before you go that uh, how, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you or the school, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we're on Facebook, you know, one fall power factory. Um, you can just add me on at Q period T period Marshall or Marshall, you know, uh, right on Facebook. I answer, I mean, I have my phone with me at all times. Uh, we're on, on Instagram, 1FW, Power Factory. You know, like, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. I go to indie shows to meet people. And, you know, uh, right now I have a sort of an agreement with Georgia Premier Wrestling 
that we help each other out. He, I have some some of his guys coming to my school to train to to get more polished, and then I work his shows. We kind of have a good agreement. Uh, this way, I don't have to run my own shows as of right now, because the last thing I'm doing or looking to do is get into more debt. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we have that kind of stuff. And then the other the other thing I offer, which I think is a major thing, is like like we're talking about. You know, next week is that super camp. Uh, that's bringing yeah. you know, Delirious down to behind the scenes. Delirious runs Ring of Honor, which is I don't care what anybody says, it's the second biggest company in the country right now, uh, more than Impact. And you know the way I got my job is I went in front of Delirious, and you know at the time Jim Cornette as well and Kevin Kelly, but uh, he offered you know to come down here for two days, and he's one of the guest coaches. And I told everybody it's not a tryout for Ring of Honor. It's it's. It's just a way to network and get your face in front of him. And if you can impress him, you know, hey, you never know what can happen. I mean, they're going to be here in uh, in North Carolina in July. And then in August, they'll be right at center stage again. So I know a lot yeah. of the independent guys are just going to show up there and hope to get on the show. But imagine if they went into the camp and performed, you know, and did really well in front of him. He's probably, you know, it'll stick out. So uh, I have a couple of people that I think might be able to, to get some kind of opportunity or something like that. And for the ones that, you know, don't show up, Hey, you know, it's more time for everybody else. That's right. Uh, Larry, do you have a final question for QT? Uh, no, I just want to wish you success with, with the camp and with, with your school. And uh, thank you for uh, coming on and giving us a few minutes of your time tonight to, to fill us in a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, anytime you guys want to chat, I love talking wrestling. As long as it doesn't interfere with training time, we're good to go. Nice. Great. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. I'll talk to you guys soon. There's something about the voice of a guy that's actually been there, done that. (laughs) There's kind of like Uh a gravity and 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 a weight to your voice that you pick up once you've actually done some shit in this world. It's really remarkable. You can kind of hear the authenticity in his voice. Or am I crazy? You're not crazy. <laughs> some would disagree. So, uh, Scott and Dylan, <laughs> let me let me throw a, com- a question that has nothing to do with the Scenic City at you. So, I'm going to let's 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 play a game and it's just basic word association. So, I'm going to I'm going to say something that's wrestling related and i just want to get your like shoot from the hip in one word to one sentence your initial reaction does that make sense sure this could be dangerous yeah oh it's gonna be of course of course <laughs> and larry larry please participate as well um, all right and, I'll, and and larry always goes third because larry needs larry needs time to think he's tired he's, he's fighting in court you know that's right so, that's right all right, here's the first. You guys ready? Um, yep. uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, just Painfully sort of there. Long. What's that? <laughs> I, I said just sort of there. Just sort of there. Scott. Pain, painfully long. Mm, yeah, I, I, God, cut it to two hours, please. Larry. Boring. Oh, the kiss of death. Uh, next one. Um, chip day. Mm. 
maybe the best in Georgia. Mm. Uh, as good as almost anyone in wrestling. Woof. Larry. Woof. Without a doubt, one of my favorite people to watch in the ring. That's awesome. Mine is leg slap. Um, <laughs> next. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> next. Um, the state of indie wrestling. Uh, I'll say just a bunch of different things happening. Mm-hmm. Scott. As specifically vague as that is. No, no. I think it's right on the money. It's just like I don't know at any point where it's been more like, my God. Like, so it's, just, it's all over the map, literally and figuratively. <laughs> uh, I would say trending upward. Trending upward, Larry. Damn, yes. I was going to say, on, uh, definitely on an upswing. Good, bad, you know, yeah. overall, definitely on an upswing. It's, it's, it's exciting to me. Um, family friendly. I'll say oh. my favorite kind. Hmm. I think I think wrestling is a universal language. Nice. Family friendly. I've got a one. I've got a one-word answer. I'll say ideal. Ooh, that's great, Larry. Can be done well. Can be done very poorly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and our final one. Are you ready? Are you ready? The Nature Boy Paul Lee. <laughs> uh, I'll pick something safe and just say polarizing. <laughs> nice. Scott. <laughs> Orange. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry. The, the, the consummate worker. Yes. And I will, uh, I'll say face slap. <laughs> I'll just throw face slap in there. Thank you, guys. Um, so, Scenic City, uh, please hit the uh, nuts and bolts for sure. Um, when's it happening? How do we get tickets? Um, all that great stuff, please. I was going to let Dylan, Scott I'll... do the Carnival Parker, Parker Park, but I'll do it. Sure. <laughs> the You're the guy yeah. in contact. The, the ring announcer doesn't want to do the Carnival Barker stuff. That's rare. Okay. Uh, he, he, uh, he's not getting paid for this. Good for you, Scott. <laughs> Stick to your guns. <laughs> so, so uh, Phoenix City Invitational is August 4th and 5th in Ottawa, Tennessee, which is basically Chattanooga, just, just on the outer edge of the metropolitan area there at East Hamilton High School. Two-day event, huge event. Uh, 16 of the top names in independent wrestling from not just the region and, and the local area, but also all over the world and internationally, in my opinion, as I noted earlier. Um we're your ringside seats, floor seats, $15 a piece per night, general admission, $10 a piece per night. You can get them by contacting me either on Facebook. I'm there at Dylan Hales or on Twitter. It's Dylan Waco uh, on Twitter or via email Dylan Waco, which is D Y L A N W A C O at gmail.com. Um, I will 
strongly advise people, especially if you're looking for floor seats, do not wait for those. Um, no. we, we did a, we have sold a lot. Uh, I think we all expected that we would sell a lot and we've sold more than expectations. So uh, even though it is a, a large facility and we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to have a, a pretty, pretty sizable amount of floor seats, I'd say much larger than the average independent wrestling show, we have sold a lot of those floor seats already and tickets have only been on sale for 10 days. So if, if you're thinking about coming or, or you're planning on coming and you haven't made that jump yet, I would make that jump as, as soon as possible uh, because, you know, in a few weeks, I, I don't know what the state of availability will be on the floor seats. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, please, please, please. Also, if you have not followed us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at SCI tournament. That's awesome. I, I know there's something that Larry wanted to play to close the show, but before that, I thought it would be nice if each one of us just shared one wrestling story or one interaction that we've had with pro wrestling that was really positive. Maybe it's the thing that made you fall in love with pro wrestling, or maybe it's a night where you were a fan and you saw something that completely blew your mind or an interaction that you had with the boys backstage, just something like that. I'll, I'll start to give you guys time to think of the story that you want to tell. Um, I was I was thinking of this a lot recently. Um, I I wrestled I, I wrestled all over the place. Certainly not with any prominence, but I considered home base to be Colorado. And there's a guy that I used to. Um, he was he was who I rode with the most. He wrestled as Hannibal, but his name was Eli, and he was like this five foot six Hispanic guy. Um, who was who was our policeman? Like he was the biggest badass of the bunch because he did he did like jujitsu stuff before that was really a thing. So he was the one when you saw Hannibal coming to the ring and he wasn't scheduled to, you knew it was probably coming to kick your ass because you did something wrong. But he was a nice guy, really smart guy, and I loved riding around with him. Um, he and I used to play this game just, just to show you how much wrestling has changed because he was considered a face and I was considered a heel. We ourselves, it wasn't a promoter thing. It was us that we were always terrified of getting caught, like riding together. Can you imagine guys were, I mean, nowadays you got guys Facebook and going great match, dude, thanks. Um, <laughs> but back then, Hannibal and I, you know, when we would stop at a convenience store or whatever in these, like, tiny little-ass towns we would sometimes wrestle in, like, we'd be in Canyon City, Colorado, which is, like, population 800, but a 1,000 people would show up to see wrestling because they were so, you know, starved for something to do. And if somebody recognized either one of us, the other one would yell, kayfabe, and immediately hit the other one. So the so the game <laughs> the game became could you set up the other guy to to do some you know to do something horrible to him so we were in a, a convenience store in a, a city that was just snowed in and it was horrible so it was just like I got to get out of this car it'll be fine no one will recognize us blah 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 of course people are going to recognize us right so we go into this convenience store and I notice that people are kind of looking at us. So it's like, uh-oh. So I deliberately let the wallet fall out of my pocket. Hannibal bends over to get it, and I yell, K-Fabe, and I pick him up and powerbomb him on the floor. And uh, so I'm laughing and giggling and whatever. And so he let it go. And 
And uh, later on, he goes, oh, you know what? I totally forgot to buy something at that convenience store because some asshole picked me up and powerbombed me. Can we go in here? Sure. So we go in that one, and uh, and then he sets me up and then knocks me into – they have a walk-in freezer at this convenience store and locks it. And I can hear his muffled, K-Frabe, and then he just leaves. And he leaves me in their lock-in freezer for an hour before he comes back to get me. <laughs> so that's my wrestling story. Uh, I'll, I'll jump in and uh, as a fan, I had already, I guess, refereed um, at, for, I guess, an NWA Chattanooga show, or like a spot show back in the day. And uh, I think I, I may have done ring announcing once or twice at this point, but as a fan, I went to an IWA uh, Deep South tournament uh, that had uh, – it was also a two-day tournament, but their tournament was split over two different locations so that no one would know what was going on. Uh, you know, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Brandon there. Uh, but Kevin used to bring in just amazing talent, and so he brought in – uh, like Michael Elgin and Devin Moore mm. and Chuck Taylor and uh, Drew Gulak and uh, then a bunch of my buddies like Christian Haim and Jeremy Flint and Tempers and all these people were in this one tournament. And so, like, just out of the blue, I decided I'm going to drive down there and I don't have any plans of, like, where I'm going to stay or what I'm going to do or anything. And so, like, I drove down there on the Friday and watched the show and then, like, uh, Ace Rockwell saw me there, and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, I just wanted to come watch. And he was like, what are you going to do, like, for tomorrow? I said, I don't know. And he was like, what do you mean you don't know? So he actually, like, <laughs> let me stay in the hotel room with them, and uh, I, I think Mr. Sports Entertainment was in our room, and I think he uh, he, he famously uh, might have – over partaken in something and uh, slid off the bed. And so I think I got to sleep on that bed maybe. (laughs) 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 But uh, it it, it was so much fun because uh, I mean, Tracy Smothers was there and I got to hang out with Tracy Smothers and, you know, I I hadn't done anything in the wrestling business and still really haven't, but (laughs) uh, with Tracy Smothers, we, we got to listen to him tell stories all night and Tracy must just hang out with just absolute idiots when it comes to wrestling because every story Tracy Smothers tells uh, starts with, I don't know if you guys remember, and then he'll say a name, but it's like, I don't know if you guys remember Owen Hart, and we're like, yeah, Tracy, <laughs> like, everybody here is like, likes wrestling. <laughs> so that, that, that's one of my favorite memories there. Awesome. I'll give a, a, just a, a, a quick story. This was from uh, – uh, when I was first, uh, early on when I was writing about NWA Wildside, and um, Iceberg had come in and was doing the full-scale inconceivable being of horror with Jeff G. Bailey. And I didn't know Iceberg at that point. I knew Jeff, but I didn't know Iceberg. And there was something they had done that involved a whole lot of thumbtacks, and a lot of thumbtacks sticking out of Iceberg. And I wrote something about, well, there must be some trick to that or blah, blah. <laughs> so they, 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 so they, the, the next week, they come out to do an in-ring promo, Berg and Bailey. And Berg's got thumbtacks sticking out of his body. 
And in the middle, as, as the promo's going on, he starts picking out a few thumbtacks and flicking them in my direction. So I, I, I got a big kick out of that. <laughs> That's the trick. Man, you guys are making me main event. Um, it, honest, honestly, um, I've, I've been fortunate the last couple of years to, to get to travel around a lot of places uh, with my crazy old man of a father. Um, who's become somewhat notorious as one of pro wrestling's more bizarre super fans. And um, <laughs> for people who don't know who, who Papa Hales is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, when, you go, when you go to a show with my dad, almost anything can happen. And there was a period of time um, over the last, I think there was three or four consecutive trips we went to maybe about nine or ten months ago were – he did one of the more carny things I've ever seen anybody do. We were in line waiting at three different events. I think one was an Evolve show. Another was a freelance show. I mean, they're all over the country. And he would just walk past the people in the line. And I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? He goes, I've got an interview. And he just walk in the front door, like wave at the promoter, and just go fi- arbitrarily find wherever he claimed he was supposed to be sitting for his interview and just sit down, and that was it. Uh, <laughs> skip the entire line. No ticket takers. <laughs> Nobody ever asked him any questions. All the boys just look at him like, oh, yeah, that's Papa Hills. He's going to be at the show anyway. Who cares? Uh, and then he just did this three, four straight shows in a row without anybody ever questioning him. So um, uh, in my case, uh, my non-wrestler uh, father is often the, the person who, who brings me the most humor and bizarre uh, interactions. Well, thank you for that story. Thank you for yours, Scott, as well. Um, Scenic City, honestly, it's it's a cliche, but it is true. I, it's the one to go to. I mean, it's it's the best tournament going in the country. Um, you know, Southern Fried's got their shindig. You know, certainly Anarchy has their big shows. You know, Peach State's got their big one coming up. And, of course, there's Sacred Ground for PCW. And Scenic City is one of those can't-miss shows. People come from all over the world. That's not just hyperbole. That's the truth. And uh, you guys do such a great job running it along with Ace. So please do not miss that show. And thank you guys for being on. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for saying that, yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Well, well, Larry, did did you want to introduce – this uh, the interview that you want to play. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hop off here because it's my kid's sixth birthday. Oh, I gotta, well, yeah. So we're getting a paternity test to see if I should be so excited. So uh, I gotta get going. But <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks, Stephen. And in two weeks, we'll have yeah. Billy Brash as as our guest uh, on right. the twentieth when we return. And of course, look out for Peach State Pandemonium on Thursday. And what we have here is an interview that uh, reporter Steve Dave sent in with the newly formed tag team S4. Uh, and they're, they're out of Chattanooga, and they're talking about their appearance in the AWE Bobby and Stan's Most Excellent Tag Team Tournament, which is this Friday and Saturday at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo in downtown Atlanta. And we'll, I'm going to cue this baby up, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. All right, it's Steve Dave. I'm here with uh, Chris Crunk and Jaden Newman, the new TWE Tag Team Champions. Yeah! Woo! Four, baby. You know what it is. 
You know guys. What it is, baby. <laughs> you know what it is, baby. What guys, that? um, yeah. so tell me, you guys haven't been tagging long, but uh, what? That's true. That's true. What does it mean to y'all to, in your hometown of Red Bank, win the titles? Well, the TWE is our home, so we spend more time here than we spend at our own home. Training, setting up the show, getting ready to put on those tag team main events. Baby. That's all true, my man. And what do we do? We brought home the belts. Yes, we do. I'd like to call us the heartbeat of TWE Chattanooga. That's right. And you heard this place. You heard it explode, Steve. You heard these plates go crazy when we won. I did, That's indeed. That's what it's all about. We respect them. They respect us. Oh, baby, yes, they do. And yes, we do. Okay, uh, well, uh, you guys, like you said, this place absolutely exploded mm. when you won the titles. Uh, your tag tournament coming up. Um, oh. he, uh, next week, actually. Next that's weekend. True, true. Ah, Southern yeah. Pride Gaming Expo. And yes. four goes to Atlanta. Yeah, the Bobby and Stan most excellent tag tournament. Yeah. Tag tournament, baby. And it, I mean, it's stacked. The Carnies, their former AWE tag team champions. The Kraken, their former AWE tag team champions. The Dark City Fight Club used to rule Ring of Honor. Yes, they did. You've got the Ugly Ducklings in there. You've got the Gymnasty Boys. But the, what the eyes aren't looking at right now is S4. S4. And what we're going to do is change that. And we're going to win that first round. We're going to eliminate all three tag teams. And we're going to go on. We'll be there both nights in the finals. And I hope, I hope on the other side of that bracket is the Carnies. I hope it is the Kraken. Oh, I hope it yeah. is the Dark City Five Club. Yeah. I hope it is the Gymnastic Boys. Yeah. I hope it is the Ugly Ducklings. Oh, I hope yeah. Name tag teams that we can defeat, and then all eyes will be on us. Okay. Uh, this one's for Jaden. Uh, your partner, Chris, has made a name for himself in the Southeast. Yeah. But a lot of people come up and they look at you as a newcomer and an underdog almost. You've proven everyone wrong here in Red Bank that ever thought in the Chattanooga area that you wouldn't make it in this business. If you win this tournament, what will it mean for you as a competitor and for your career? I mean, honestly, it would mean the world to me. Like you said, I've been proving people wrong here in Red Bank and in the Chattanooga area for now, what, four years? Yeah, four years. So um, going into Atlanta, this is going to mean a lot, especially if we go into the finals and we win the whole damn thing. Okay, uh, Chris, this one's for you now. All right. Um, so you, uh, AWE, mm-hmm. July 9th, is doing a double hitter with Evolve. Uh, from what I understand, you're going to be on both shows. Look, look, I don't know about that. I'm not going to confirm or deny or say, like, well, who I'm working, what's happening. What I'm saying is if I am on both shows, you best believe I'm going to show out if Jaden's on both shows, you best believe he's going to show, show out, out and come in straight off that hot win of the Bobby and Stan Most Excellent Tag Team Tournament. I want the Tag Team Champions. That's right. I want the Devil's Rejects, Tank and Iceberg. I want them that night. I want to show everybody that we can beat them. I want to show everybody that we are the best tag team going in the Southeast. Send them back to hell. Oh, that's a big, uh, that's a big claim right there to right. Uh, call out Tank and Iceberg. A legendary tag team in their own right. Correct. Yep. Now, Jaden, on that note, uh, Tank hasn't exactly seen eye to eye with you in the past <laughs> on the on TWE and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts now that 
Well, actually, I should say, how do you think he views you now that you're starting to really come up and make your own name? I mean, honestly, if he notices me, that's cool. But if he doesn't, that's cool, too, because that's not what matters. What matters is that whenever S4 and Tank and Iceberg step in a ring together, we're going to show them we have heart, we're going to show them we have fight, and we will walk out your AWE Tag Team Champion. Okay. Uh, g- getting to fight Tank this late in his career, of course, it's no secret. At the SCI, he is having his final few matches, potentially his last match in the first round against Matt Riddle. Yeah. Right. You know, right, right. that's going to be huge. It's going to pack the place out both nights just to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what are your thoughts about his legendary career in the Southeast? Look. Tank uh, and myself probably have never agreed on a single thing. That's not the point. This is professional wrestling. And I notice who's good. I notice who isn't. I notice who to watch. I notice who not to watch. And when I was a kid, you best believe I was watching Tank. He was killing it. But what doesn't happen is the story doesn't end the way he wants it to end. He wants to go to the SCI tournament. He wants to go in, face Matt Riddle, retire, Probably, heck, he wants to win the whole tournament. I get that. I get he wants to win the tournament. He wants to win that tournament, be the winner of the SCI, and he wants to keep having those AWE tag team titles and retire on top. And I'm not in the SCI, so I can't throw him in that. But what we can do is make sure we see him at that Evolve show and we take those AWE tag team titles. And Tank, I want you to have a happy ending, but I also want to succeed. So this has to happen. Okay, guys. Uh... One final question for you both. Um, Shoot away. If, if you win the Bobby and Stan uh, Tag Team Tournament, yep. uh, what, what will be next after that and after going after the AWE Tag Team Titles? What is your next – what is the end goal for you two? I mean – in my opinion, what the end goal is, of course we want to win this tournament. Of course we want eyes on us. Yep. Of course we want the AWE Tag Team Championships. But it doesn't stop there. You see, success isn't bridged on like, hey, I made it in one promotion. I'm, I'm the top guy in that promotion. That's how it's built. It will never be enough for me. It will never be enough for Jaden. We will continue to be hungry. We will continue to strive. And we will continue to climb the mountain until we're at the top. I'm going to make sure there's not a single person around the entire world that doesn't know who S4 is, doesn't know who Jaden Newman is, doesn't know who Chris Crunk is. That is my whole life goal is to change wrestling for the good, and we'll keep fighting the fight. And no matter who we have to beat, what tag team, we'll do it. Arson's, arson's illegal, right? No, no. Arson's no, not, not illegal. illegal. No. Not illegal. Well, that's good because we're going to set the wrestling world on fire. That's the goal. Yeah. Any promotion, any tag team champions, best believe we want to face them. Yeah. So, promoters, if you're out there, hit us up because we'll come to your promotion and we'll put on the best tag team experience you've ever seen. Because two boys from Chattanooga are going to travel the entire world. Okay, thank you guys very much, and you guys have a good night, and congratulations on your TWE Tag Team Championship Thank you, S4, baby. Woo! We thank you for listening to this broadcast. 
production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.